1: ah, ah, ah,
0: Very spooky. (laughs) What was that? (laughs) It was the anticipation of saying, Hello. Hello. Hello, hi. Hello, this is two girls, one two ghost. Two girls, one
2: ghost, and we are your ghostesses. That's Corinne, and I'm Sabrina. Hello, and this is a episode of our podcast that is on YouTube. You can see our bright, yep. smiley, shiny faces right now if you just search super shiny because we're both having some illness situations. Yeah. So uh, you know, it's, the dew is here. we do we It's we we're, we're gonna pretend it's
0: like. You know, our look, the dewy look. People yeah, spe- spend I just a lot of money trying some, to get this. Like, good fairy. Yeah. I just wanna read audiobooks now. Now that my voice is like pa- it's the laryngitis has gone past its peak. And maybe other people think I sound horrendous, but I think <laughs> I sound super sexy. You do. So, I'm like, I need some fairy smut. Like, I need so I need a chapter of something to read aloud. Yeah.
2: That's what I well, want to do. Well, the great thing is that you have this podcast and you're about to read things to oh. us and tell us we'll all, tell all kinds stories. of ghost stories. So Crin, you technically have that.
0: <laughs> That's true. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it's just not inappropriate. I wanted to read like sexy stories. Well, you can make it inappropriate. I mean, there are sexy ghost stories. <laughs> I don't stories. think I can with the story I oh, chose. Okay. Yeah, there are. There are plenty. Yeah. Oh, remember when we covered celebrity ghost stories yes. and we we talked about all the celebrities that have had sex, sex with the ghosts. ghosts? Yeah. 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 I like that one. I listen I don't listen to that one, but I think about that one often. I don't listen oh, to any of our episodes. We don't back. re-listen. It's horrifying. Yeah. No. 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 Makes me nervous. Do you like my new edition? I do. It looks really good. You know, every few recordings you have something new on that and I think that this is probably the best best. <laughs> Ugh. The scary dolly.
2: Hello. Yo. I have a scary dolly that I bought from Amazon that Nick and I have been hiding around the apartment to scare each other. And the other day, okay, so I keep
0: my microphone in. Are you keeping score? No. It's kind of like, he. is it like if he scares you, then it's his turn? No, then it's my turn. Yeah, you. yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, sorry. I said
0: it in like a weird yes. reverse way.
2: But yeah, his turn to get scared. Yes. So- I keep my microphone stand in my closet. And so the other day I came home and Nick and I are trying to do this thing where every night we are, we tidy just so that we wake up in the morning and the house is clean and it feels like easy to work in. Mm-hmm. Feels good. And my closet is in the living room because it's a bigger closet. Anyway, so I the other day was folding my clothes and I was like walking down the hall with my clothes, going to put them in my closet, going to put them away. And I opened my closet door, and standing in front of the door is the doll on top of the microphone stand, like doing the
0: splits like that,
2: just doing the splits. It's straddled. And Nick had moved the microphone stand, so this was like truly in your face as I opened the closet. And oh my it God. was so shocking, and but now it's just become funny. It's like, <laughs> what brilliant idea is next?
0: That's a good one. I also, I where have you put it? What's what's your proudest moment so far? Okay, I think I talked about this on Leia's trying to steal my light again. Leia, <laughs> Leia, but we just need someone was commenting on our on our YouTube comments saying we need a time code of every time Leia appears, and I was like, I think we just need to make a compilation of every. Oh my it just gosh. should be like a five minute video of just like a Leia. Leia. Just her butt basically is all we'll see. It's just her butt coming into frame. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. Okay. I think I told this on
2: I can't fire stories, but my favorite place that I've put it put our dolly is Nick's closet has a string light. Like you when you open the door you have to pull the light. So for some reason mm. she has this like hook. I don't know why. And I tied the string onto this. So when he opened the closet, she she was just hanging like this in front of his face. Yeah. And then, so this is one that I'm really excited about that I have to do. I'll do it before this episode comes out so that it doesn't ruin it. Not that he listens. But so, you know how like the shower hooks you have in the, like over the shower rod? Nick always puts his towel over the rod. This is hard to explain. But so I want to put it on a hook underneath his towel so that when he pulls oh, his yes. towel down to dry himself off post-showering, the will is just there.
0: Do you have one of those little like S-hook yep. things? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. You should film it. Well, maybe not because I'm assuming he'll be new. getting ready to go into the shower. Well, that's the biggest thing is (laughs) that
2: wherever we hide it, it's hard to know when the person's going to find it. So I would love to get reactions on video, but I feel like I'd have to set up cameras in the house in
0: order to do that. Yeah. Well, here's the challenge. It's like you and I are both apartment living Mm -hmm. too. That doll's pretty Mm -hmm. big. It's not like you have this tiny little trinket that it's kind of like a... Where are you going to find it next? The doll's kind of hard. Like, there's only so many spots you can put the doll. She, I put her in the bedside
2: drawer so that when, because Nick gets chapstick every night before he goes to bed. So when he opened his drawer, she was just like staring up at him. Has either of you been spooked by it or are you guys just like, ah, you got me. I mean, I think she's unsettling to look at. No offense, lady girl. Yeah, she
0: doesn't look great. No, she she is made. Here's the thing, I'm not getting haunted vibes from her, but I'm getting, yeah, creepy vibes. Like, yeah, she just doesn't look good. Yeah, she looks a little she looks a little dewy like us. She, She does. I really yeah, I Sabrina, I thought when you were like, oh, I'm not feeling well, and you literally are wearing a brace, too, because you, like, basically broke your thumb. Well, there's a lot going on. I thought we were showing up to this recording in our natural state of sickness, and you oh. look fantastic. So. Well, I went <laughs> – You're like, hair is curled. You're wearing normal clothes. I'm, like, sweaty and dewy. I can smell myself. And I have a humidifier going – it sounds like there's an aquarium behind me. It's not. It's a humidifier because if I don't have this on, I will have a coughing attack.
2: I so. did laugh the other day. So <sighs> you look really cute and put together with glasses on like that. The other day we had a meeting and Corinne and I were both sick and I was like, oh my God, I didn't realize it was a Zoom. Oh, fine. I'm just going to put my like blue light glasses on. I just want to show everyone what I look like in my blue light glasses.
0: Hold on. I think you look good. You but can't even
2: see my I eyes. I was in this meeting. I didn't – well, now with the light, it looks better. But I literally like showed up
0: like this. You can't even see my eyes. And I was just I think you look good. okay well, You're sucks. you're very much like a you just give me like artist vibes oh. when you have it. Like like beautiful artist vibes. Have you seen the newest? I don't know why I literally never remember the name of the show. What is but it? what is the show that the Jessica Biel? the sinner i never remember <laughs> the name of it but the fourth where are you season going with is right now oh, oh, oh. <laughs> well the woman who is the artist i haven't in seen it. it she has like that that's like her style and that's what i picture you as like oh. you know you can just and like live Luke. in this secluded area mm-hmm. of trees and you just put her. i feel like because you've got more of like the cat eye thing going mm-hmm. with your natural eye shape i think you look really good in crin you're just like flattering me right now Ooh, <laughs> don't stop Wait, I heard the other day the people who have cat eyes like you are star seeds, which we I have speculated that, that you are a star seed before. a lot of sense. That is interesting though because right? I would like to think that
2: star seeds are a little lot fewer fewer than than that, you know? Like a lot of people have cat oh, well, eyes. Well, I don't
0: know. There's lots of I don't I, I just don't want to I be special. Did. I have a big ass owl eyes. So I'm like just constantly like do you, are you curious about seeing the entire iris? Well, but just then look you not see- my eyes because there's I love big nothing eyes. Nothing left. <laughs> I love big eyes. I feel like
2: no. You, okay, first of all, you. Uh, this is now compliment center. Um, I'm yeah. returning.
0: Here's the thing: we're both sick. We really need to. Make, we need to like make ourselves feel, feel loved. better.
2: No, okay. You are like the most photogenic person in the world, Corinne. And I think it's because you have these, like, big, beautiful – well, one, you're stunning, but your eyes always just, like, pop. Like, you just look so awake and alive, whereas when I take pictures, my eyes are, like, kind of half closed, and it's like,
0: is she kind of half dead? Not sure. I I might be. beg to differ, and I think other people are going to agree with me here because I'm just waiting for your birthday to post this one specific picture of you from our photo shoot. I was like, she. it was a test photo. They're like, can someone just sit here for a test photo? And Sabrina's like, okay. And she sat there and she's just looking at the camera. The most beautiful thing <laughs> I've ever seen in my whole life. I was like, are you kidding me? The best photo that came out of our entire photo shoot is the one where you were just like sitting there as a test. You literally look like a statue. Oh, you know what, what? I want us to do? You want you know statue made of like, us? T- I'm going <laughs> to... I'm gonna butcher this because I'm not smart. Okay? Yes, you are. But there's there's the old like tin. I forget what they're called. Like tin photos. It's like the <gasps> yes. old way of taking. They look very like antique. Oh my gosh! But people look striking, and their eyes look so alive. Wait, in the I'm photos, pretty sure like. And I just wanted. Isn't one that of what
2: those. they do when you go to like wild west towns and like you can put on the like old Victorian outfits and then they do those
0: photos? I think so. We should do a photo shoot like that. <gasps> Wait. we should. Okay, like. Also, long exposure I was in Salem. Sorry, I'm gonna start to disrobe. like disrobe because I'm getting hot Take and then I'm gonna it. get cold, ah. and that's the way it is. So we should do our next photo
2: shoot yeah. to be long exposure, and we should do it where we have someone stand in as our ghost, and we have like a ghostly apparition in all of our photos.
0: Ooh, ooh, like the old spirit photos that people used to. Oh my God, this is brilliant. I love this. We should, we should do that on our Patreon. We have don't isn't one of our perks that they're gonna, everyone's going to get like a get haunted? Christmas card. Oh, yes. Us? Or a holiday yes. card? What if we made that? What if we got oh. a photo like that and that's the photo, that's what we send out? Okay,
2: we have that and we have the Krampus one that we wanted to do. Krampus. We have many years ahead Maybe of us. It is a
0: two-sided postcard. Yeah,
2: yeah we've got lots, lots to, to, do. to do. Lots of ideas. I did fall off my bike. I told people about that in the uh, uh, campfire stories. But here's the thing: we ru- we've run out of
0: things to say. Yeah. Well, there's some there's something else we should probably talk about. Which honestly, I don't know why we didn't start with this. This should have been the the top of the show. But you know, the past couple years, we've been in a pandemic. We have. We've even gotten to what? see many people. Um, What's been happening? We barely have seen each other. Yeah. But prior to the pandemic happening. You and I did go and do a few live shows sure places, and so we started thinking about it, and we we're like, you know, we'd like to get back into the swing of things, and hopefully, we'll we'll book some live in person shows yeah. sometime soon. But until then, we're going to have a moment with a moment, yeah. House, we are, and we're going to do a virtual live show.
2: Oh Yeah, my God. we are. It's July twenty first. You guys, write it down. Put it in your calendars. Yes. Tickets are probably likely on sale by the
0: time we're talking about this. So buy your tickets as soon as possible. We're having – Check out our show notes, yes. website, link in bio, Instagram, YouTube. All- we're going to put it, the link everywhere yes. because we want everyone to it come. it's virtual. So you don't have to leave your home. You can make it like a fun yeah.
2: night. Put it up on your TV, get some popcorn, some beer, some wine, some non-alcoholic yes. drinks, some soda. I don't know. Whatever floats to your boat. And we're going to go live. And have a live show. We're going to go live. We're going to have a
0: meet and greet. It's going to be so fun. There's going to be meet and yeah. greets. Meet and greet. There's going to be merch. Yes, new merch. You can also get while you're there new merch. Yeah. The meet and greets. We're going to hang out. There's a chat. Like it's literally just going to be the best time so ever. ever. And we're so excited. I'm flying out to LA uh-huh. to be next to Sabrina. See In next person. to her for us to, to do this. In person. We're finally doing it. Whoa.
2: Oh, that was a new... That's my voice again. Honestly, it even cut out of my headphone. Like, it was
0: just like, we yeah. need to pause. All the dogs are barking. <laughs> Glasses shattering. <laughs> a new tone came out. Well, we're so excited. so excited. So we will talk about this for the next four yeah, weeks until, until it, it actually happens. happens. And then we see you guys all there. But we'll give you more and more yeah. information as it approaches. But we're so excited. So yeah. and then, follow along yeah. and come to our first virtual live show in uh, ever yeah ever yep and we are hoping that this is the beginning of more
2: live shows for us whether they're virtual or in in person moving forward so there's just a lot so of we'll see exciting how it goes. things coming your way yes, yes.
0: I'm excited. Well, We say that every. I know, single episode. but now, now I'm getting like pissed at myself for saying that so often. But
2: we are, and honestly, the second or the day that we are no longer excited about this, I hope people are concerned because we started this for fun. We should be excited by it every single time, and I love that. What it's been almost yeah. five years, and well, we are still so stoked every time we do this.
0: It's just the love of ghost stories. Like how can you ever become like that desensitized to ghost stories where you're like, ugh, whatever. No, it's amazing. And I'm excited because I chose the Merchant's House Museum. And I just want to say that already uh, before even researching this place, like my initial like putting it into Google, seeing what comes out, I immediately loved this place (gasps) because they are so open – about their hauntings and they oh. own it. So a lot of the information I got was straight up from the website. Oh, They're I love like, that. yes, this place is haunted. Yes, there are spirits. Yes, you can come like look and learn about the history, but also about the ghosts. And I just appreciate that because you and I, Sabrina, we talk about it a lot. We're like, there's a lot of really haunted places and we won't name drop <laughs> some of them because we don't want to be in bad graces with them. But I'll name drop one of them. Like, for example, Hotel Portsmouth Yeah, over in Portsmouth, our very first episode, they rebranded and they really didn't want people talking about how they were haunted. So they used to be the Sison. I'm just putting it on the (laughs) glass. They used to be the Sison, and now they're Hotel Portsmouth, and they just didn't really want to be known as this haunted place. And there's a lot of places like that where like new management, new ownership, they're just like... Not trying to attract.
2: Yeah, we've, us, we've tried to like partner up. <laughs> What's, why don't you like it? We've us? tried to partner up with hotels and, or that are infamously haunted. Like if you Google them, the ghost stories come up, but they're like, no, we don't want to be associated with this. And it's like, well, too bad. You already are.
0: Yeah, you are And also are, like and we're also, still going to talk about hops you. on a bus. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I'm just thinking like there's certain cities that we've we've come into contact with this and we're like you're literally a stop on I just spit everywhere. <laughs> you're literally a stop on like haunted bus rides yeah. or haunted walking tours. Yeah. Like how do you think you're not associated with this? 5 times a day there's a bus full of people right. sitting outside of your hotel going and this is where so and so was murdered. Right. Like you can't we escape know. it. We know. And also
2: like No. Okay. Maybe this is like the cynic in me, but when someone says I don't want to be associated with ghost stories, it makes me want to tell the ghost stories even more and just put them on blast and be like, this place is haunted.
0: And it's it's also rude. Why are you owning your history and your truth? It's also rude to the ghosts. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Because then they're feeling unwanted when oftentimes they're already in the spot where They are trapped for some reason and can't quite find peace and move on. And you're not helping. Not helping, but not hotel management story. Yeah. No. Um, By the way, this week's
2: topic is museums, haunted museums, Mm -hmm. and yes, there are a lot of them.
0: Okay, Okay. you go. I'm excited. There's a lot. Okay. Yeah. There's a thousand more that we need to do based on people's suggestions on Patreon, and we said we were doing this. So, okay. So I'm doing the Merchant's House Museum. And like I said before, a lot of the information that I got, I learned from the museum itself on their website and also from a blog called The Globe Trotting Teacher. Ooh. So I'll give them credit because got a lot from, from them okay. as well and their tour of the property. Okay. So almost 200 years ago, the Treadwell family, they moved to their home, which is now the Merchant's House Museum, the Merchant's House in Manhattan. It is located currently today in the NoHo Neighborhood. Ooh. And the home was already standing, so it has this Federalist style exterior, this Greek Revival interior, and now it's one of the oldest buildings in New York City. And it is very upper class; like this is where the rich people lived. Not anymore, because it's a museum. But like that—that's it. Was like, ooh, hoity toity. You know, you get to live there. You can afford there. Sick. So fancy. Okay, so this place is super fancy. It. Is very big and spacious, upper class. So it was an easy place for Seabury Treadwell to move his family into. And to Seabury. Get settled. I love that name. I know. Seabury. S-E-A-B-U-R-Y. Treadwell. It does feel very like upper class, doesn't it? It does. Seabury Treadwell. Yeah. So he owned a hardware business and he was also in the business of pumping out kids. He had a lot of them. <laughs> So he and his wife, Eliza, they decided to put down their roots and grow their family in Wait. this house. And their family lived in this house for almost 100 Grin, years. you were just They'd saying earlier today how you
2: wanted to read something like sultry and salacious. Well, oh, there you I go. I guess I am turning
0: it into this. <laughs> yes. Seabury, Treadwell, and Eliza. Doing hmm, the dirty. They looked at each other in this house. Oh, Seabury. they were just like <laughs> – I'll show you my hardware. If you show me your plumbing, <laughs> wow! Woo! Okay. I am. Hot. I clearly need a script. <laughs> <laughs> oh, me too. It's got to be these lights, though, in this sickness, because that was a.
1: Uh,
2: no, <sighs> oh my gosh!
0: Not great. I'll work on my writing. Good luck keeping your pants
2: on, everyone who's
0: listening. <laughs> <laughs> I hope no kids are listening. They're they're gonna be like what even happened? I didn't even notice anything sexy happening, and that's because there was nothing. Sexy I don't know, Karen. Okay? That was pretty brilliant. It wasn't great.
2: I'm I
0: <laughs> I want to. You have the rights to this book now. All right, thanks. Seabury's C-Ber- Seaberry's big sexual adventure. That's what it's called. It's a picture book. <laughs> um, <laughs> Look at my tools. This is my har- my
2: screwdriver. Do you want to know what my this hammer. does? So hard.
0: <laughs> I'm here my nuts. Here are my, nuts, and here are my, my bolts. bolts. Ooh, my big big tool belt. Ooh, Karen. <laughs> I I also don't know tools that well. Clearly, you just named like twenty. Alrighty, I'm impressed. <laughs> twenty nuts, bolts, and hammer. Yeah, <laughs> baby. The worst is when I'm home and my my dad is like, can you can you hand me the wrench? Can you hand me the needle nose pliers? I'm just like, what the fuck are those? <laughs> just like bring the whole tool toolbox. Yeah, I'm like, I, I worked need at, a class. I'm, this is one thing I'm very
2: proud of. So in college, my work study job was crew for the theater program. And I in the theater. built all the sets and stuff. And so like I would go to the shop and we'd cut wood and we'd like make the measurements and I'd nail things in. I'd like build things. And so I'm really proud of myself that I'm pretty handy. I know how to use a,
0: a nail gun. I know wow. how to use like a screwdriver. I'm pretty I hung You'll up have to all make me some crown molding for my future house. That's yeah. great. That is really impressive actually. Thank Your you. gallery wall is looking amazing. Yeah. I was thinking that every single time I see Thank it. So now I'm telling Thank you. Now. Instead of keeping the compliments in my head. <laughs> okay. All right. So Seabury and Eliza, they settle down in this house in New York City. They're rich. They have a bunch of kids. They pump out eight children. And Gertrude Treadwell is their youngest of the eight children. She is born in the upstairs bedroom in 1840. And for Gertrude, this home and her family are everything. She's born into this house. She spends her entire life here. She never moves out. She never marries. She lives her life wonderfully in this house, preserving the home and all of its 19th century contents inside. Whoa. She didn't update it. She didn't renovate it. She was just like, this is the house, and I'm gonna make sure it is pristine and perfect. Gertrude. Just as my family had had made it to be a hundreds of years ago, basically. So she has created this like immaculate home because, you know, her other Siblings and relatives. They they live. They move out. They pass away. She's the last one of the family to still be living in that house. And then in 1933, at the age of 93, Gertrude passed away in the home where she was born.
2: I'm just picturing myself like preserved. Like, granted, we moved out of my childhood home and stuff. And but I'm just picturing myself preserving the furniture in my mom's home and, and everything that's there. And personally, I I it is not my taste at all. But like, I would never be able to yeah. do that. But it is weird to think like, maybe in 100 years from now, someone would be interested in walking through what my mom's home looked like. I mean, granted, it's my mom, but you know.
0: Right. I guess like layouts and stuff. Yeah. Because it's kind of like, like think about like modern farmhouse. Yeah. Like modern farmhouse and 50 years, people are going to be looking back at it kind of – like even like if we think about the 70s, like conversation pits. Ten years ago, we were like – and now people are starting to bring back conversation pits. So it's interesting because there are different time periods where like there's such a concentrated and purposeful design Mm -hmm. style but right now, I don't know what it – like, what is the design right now? I feel like it's so eclectic. It's so eclectic. Everyone's just kind of like doing whatever they want. Yeah.
2: But I feel like, you know, like the wallpapers and stuff are all
0: coming back. People are getting back into that style. Yeah. Yeah. True. Well, my parents' house – you've actually never been, but in Vermont, I feel like that would be such a weird one to preserve because my parents' house are very – like, their style is very new American. Mm. And so it does – look. some of the rooms look like they're from the 1800s. But it was like built in the '90s. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> like, and, and you guys have, have so many line. antiques. Like,
2: yeah, my mom has yeah. like, and it's a little. creepy. I feel like I'm dissing my mom. I love my mom. She just has a lot of collects a lot of things. People have different yes tastes, but she has a lot yeah. of those like home sweet home pillows. Or like, if you create this, give me wine things. She's a
0: she's a live laugh lover. She's such a live, laugh, a live lover. laugh
2: lover. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. There's nothing wrong with live yeah. laugh lovers. It's just not certain people. Not my taste. taste. Brian always has to remind me of that when we're like looking, cause our favorite hobby is to like look on yeah. Zillow. And I'll be like, ugh, ugh, oh. Uh. And he's like, just cause it's not your yeah. taste doesn't mean it's yeah. Bad. <laughs> yeah. Like, I that's not my design. It's <laughs> like, okay, because you're one person out of like the whole world. And it's great that we're <laughs> not, not everything
2: is made for you, Corinne. It's good that we don't all have the same taste because we don't want to live in like yeah. 1984.
0: We want, you know, people to have their own little Copy paste yeah. track homes like a wrinkle in time. Yeah. Spooky. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Well, so Ger- Gertrude, <laughs> back to this museum. Okay. So, Gertrude, she passes away in the home. I don't know anything about how she passed. I'm assuming it's natural causes because she cause was, she so was old, yeah. 93 years old. Long life. But I think it's quite lovely that she got to pass in the same home where she came into the world. You know, it was her own little <gasps> portal in and out amazing. of this life. Yeah. Truly. However, Gertrude was not about to leave so easily. She lived almost a century in this home. So she was like, I'm supposed to move on? No. <laughs> no, I'm staying. This is my house. <laughs> it's been my whole life here. So this likely wasn't really discovered, this haunting, or taken into consideration when her distant cousin decided three years after her death to turn this house into a museum. The cousin thought it's an old house, it's historic, it's perfectly preserved. Yeah. Let's make this baby a national landmark. Let's open it to the so public so cool. that everyone can learn about this time period. Yeah. Yeah, super cool. So he bought the home, he repaired it, and he kept all the original period pieces, the furniture, the clothing, the trinkets, the family portraits. He kept all of it oh inside. My gosh. So he kept it like pristine and restored anything that needed to be restored. So like great god. Right. Like that. this is this is brilliant. Like yeah, love that for for him and for us. And so then three years after her death, he then opens it as a museum. So people are in there. They're walking through the home. They're exploring. They're learning about the history. the Heavy curtains to keep the warmth of the winters out – or the warmth during the winters <laughs> in. The warmth of the winters in. No, that's – If you're in brand, California and Florida, maybe. South. Yeah, yeah. maybe. People are walking through the kitchen. You can learn when you're in the kitchen about the meals that the family and, well, really, like, the staff prepared back then and how they ate. And I learned this from the blog that I had mentioned earlier. She was saying that when she walked through, they were learning about, like, kind (laughs) of some of, like, the grosser meals that people would eat. And they would boil their pasta for an hour. What? (laughs) Freaking al dente, baby. It's mush at that point. Oh, yeah. I guess it's mush. I was thinking it's like so far gone to the point where it's like hard again, where it's just like congealed together Ew. into this dense mass. But yeah, you're right. It's probably just water at that point. It's just mushy Ew, pasta. Ew, what? Yeah. I'm going to try it. Yeah. So there's – yeah, you you get to learn a lot. Okay. It's actually one of my favorite things. All the water would probably boil out. Yeah. You just have pasta. Sticking on the bottom. bottom. Pot by then.
2: I actually yeah. love looking at old, like, 1920s, 19, like, through, like, the 1960s recipes. Like, everything was pudding. Like, every meal was, like, pudding, meat, yeah. and all this stuff. And I would love to just watch someone make... All those meals and try them.
0: Oh my God! Do I have a recommendation for you? Of course, I cannot remember the name at uh-huh. the moment, but I will find him and tell okay. you. There's a guy on TikTok who literally <gasps> does this. That's his whole channel. He goes through all of the old vintage. Recipes oh my God! And he makes them and tries okay. them. Okay, I need and to And most find this. of them are gross, but some of them are surprising. Like he made this cake that basically had like almost nothing in it the other day. It was like no egg, no sugar, no butter. He's like, "What the fuck is this?" And it ended up being good. Oh. But I will find okay, it because yeah,
2: he. That's like my dream. I just. Want to this watch. is his channel. Okay. Cool. I know.
0: Yeah, he should have a
2: whole yeah. show because
0: it's pretty amazing. And then hire me so I can be part of it. Okay, so you can right right? Yeah, he should do like a little cooking class where we all get to try it. It's the disappointing <laughs> cooking class where you most likely will not. There's like, like vomit buckets next to everyone. <laughs> Ugh, so nasty. Yeah. Okay, so like as you're walking through, you get to learn all this cool history and do all these things, and they have these bells. The servants would literally have to memorize the sound of the bell. Ooh. Because they weren't labeled. So you'd have to know like what bell means what and for who and where it's coming from in the house. Like there's just a lot of history that you get to learn in this home about how the family functioned, how the servants functioned, like how they just lived day to day. And you also get to visit the rooms where many of the family members who were born there or lived Mm -hmm. there died there. There were, I think, four family members who died Mm -hmm. in that, in that house. Wow. So the museum opens, and everyone's like, cool, this is freaking Mm -hmm. sweet. Like, we get to basically go 100 years into the past. But immediately, visitors began to realize that they were very much not alone. There was a chill in the air, scents wafting through that were out of place, an icy touch brushing by your arm. Sounds would echo from rooms where no loving person was in, and this – Ghostly phenomena just, like, continued. And more and more things started to happen. And people were like, this is awfully suspicious. The staff who worked there in the museum would hear footsteps down the halls. There was a broken piano that they would hear play on its own. And computers would freeze when you would type in the word Treadwell. (gasps) I mean, obviously, this is, like, more recent because computers weren't around when the museum first opened. But, like, yeah, that's one of the things that happens. When you type in – when staff members would type in the family's name – the computer would start like glitching That's and freezing. So fascinating. So, ladies and gentlemen, this was clearly haunting. Clearly. So fascinating. Clearly, this place is haunted. <laughs> and it I continues it to be. I do declare. And now, in Gertrude's defense, there were – oh, I was wrong. I did write it down. There were eight family members who did die eight. in this house. Wow. So it very well might not all be her. And we know for a fact that there are some other family members uh, that are haunting this museum because people have spotted them. Oh. They believe it is the father, Seabury, and her brother, one of her older brothers, Samuel. Okay. So here are a few of the encounters that people have had. Three men who were touring the house were stopped in the hallway and told by an older man that they needed to leave. And later, when they're, like, walking back down, they turn around. They're like, okay, like, we can't go down this hallway. I guess the museum's closing. (laughs) So they turn around, they go back, and they find their tour guide. And then they realize that they don't have to leave. And the guy that they just talked to is on a painting on the wall because that was Seabury Treadwell who was like, get the fuck out of my house. Oh, it's so funny to me because
2: I imagine like I'm imagining him wearing such antiquated clothing, but I guess like yeah, men's clothing could be a little bit more versatile. Like if you just are wearing like slacks and like a in tank the or something like that at home,
0: right? But also like it's a it's a historic home, so like I think you could assume yeah. that there might be some staff members who are dressed dedicated. Like, you know, if there's an event going on or like yeah, yeah. like w- what are people's costumes? Right, that's true. You Uniforms never know. Could have been, yeah the brother samuel he appeared next to a woman who was looking at family portraits so this woman was standing there and she was glancing up at the wall and she was like observing all of the family portraits and he came up and stood by her and started talking to her and they just spoke for like a little bit and then her boyfriend enters the room and she like notices her boyfriend and turns back to the guy that she was just standing next to talking to and the guy is gone he's disappeared <sighs> Oh. And then she realizes that she was talking to Sam. Oh my god! And I so badly wish I knew what they I spoke know. About, that is, but so it wasn't wild. anywhere. These ghosts are like so active yeah. and
2: having full conversations, and people are yes. fully believing that they're human. So I mean, they they are
0: powerful or full of energy. These ghosts, truly, truly, like full body yeah. apparitions. Yeah, like blocking. Like no one's saying, "Oh my god, I think I caught a a glimpse of someone, right. like a spirit." Like, they are thinking that these are human beings currently living, yeah. walking through the home and instructing them to do yeah. things. Wow. Uh, one person who has instructed people to do things is Gertrude, actually. she <laughs> She's very, like, old lady cranky, <laughs> get off my lawn. So she, <laughs> she was spotted by neighbors not long after she passed away, actually. She ran out of the house. Her ghost. What? Her spirit ran out of the house, her arms waving in the air, down onto the steps, and started yelling at the kids that were being noisy right outside. Like, get stop making Gertrude. so much noise, children. Get away from my property. Yes. So people saw this. And it was her neighbors that knew that she'd passed away and they were like flabbergasted at what they were what they were witnessing. Whoa. She's usually seen wearing period clothing, a brown dress to be exact. Mm-hmm. And one time in this outfit, she greeted museum visitors at the front door and told them that the museum was closed. And it was not closed. Oh my gosh! She was like, no visitors. She's today, like, I am not please. in the Music mood today. Closed. Please leave. Yeah. Honestly, it kind of seems like everyone except for Samuel's like not into it. Her yeah. dad is turning people away, saying, "You got to go." And she's like, "You know, it's what? close. We're not doing this today." This is reminding me so
2: much of the ghost, the show, ghosts, and. Just like the fact that they've – this family has kind of acknowledged the fact that it's been turned into a museum and they don't have complete control over it. So instead of just like haunting and scaring people, they're like, I got this. I have the workaround. I will stand in
0: front of the house. And tell everyone it's simply closed. And they'll go on their way. Right. They use all their energy to stand there. Like I'm picturing it now just yeah. like in the show Ghost, where her brother and her dad are like by the side and you can't see see them at all. I'm like trying to not make this. <laughs> that's why I'm putting this down so, so slowly this month. Sorry. That was weird. I should have just put it down. But, and now but please let me draw a you know, lot of like, attention
2: to this the fact that I did this.
0: <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's so awkward. Why am I doing this? You know what? Forget it. Let's move on. Okay. <laughs> So given that this place has very active hauntings, naturally people flocked to it. Mm-hmm. There are psychics, paranormal investigators, and paranormal instigators, Ooh. aka paranormal enthusiasts. Where did that come from? Was that from one of our campfire stories episodes? I think we did talk about can't it. I can't remember. Oh no, there was we were
2: like, There was a meme. There was a meme that we talked about. Was it? Yeah. And now I can't remember, but it, oh, it said it? I'm not a paranormal yeah. investigator, but I'm a paranormal in- instigator. Paranormal
0: instigator. Yeah. Yes. But like I said, the museum really leans into it. So they, they let everyone come in and explore and do, do these like hunts for hauntings, basically. Wow. So let's flash forward to 2020. The Pandemic. Everyone is spending more time inside. They're baking bread. They're taping fake ivy onto their walls. And they're realizing that maybe their houses are haunted. And so, paranormal investigator Dan Sturgis and neuroscientist Dr. Lee are like Dan Sturgis. We've talked about him before. I think we have. That name sounds so familiar. I mean, he's a paranormal investigator. So, So. but I'm assuming he's New York based because he's at this museum all the time. Yeah. I I think we know that name. Probably. But they're like, okay, maybe we should start looking at not our house, but the house down the block, the Merchant's House Museum. And now that it's closed because of the pandemic, we can maybe start peeking and and doing some investigation. figuring out what the heck is happening. Yeah, this is 2020. So they grab their things and they head to the Merchant's House Museum for one of the many, many, many trips they would make in the coming years. And they begin this extensive research on the place, basing it on the scientific method and using these specialized pieces of equipment that are custom built for investigating this house in Whoa. particular. And these guys are sharing it with the world. So every month they host events from this home, from the museum, where they discuss their research, the EVPs that they've caught, and any new insights into the paranormal. And if you're wondering what they've caught, yeah, I don't know, <laughs> but I did – sign up for the next the oh, next show fun when so is it i'll get back to you guys in two weeks when yeah. it's this it's this <gasps> friday i'm actually supposed to be at a wedding so we'll see if i can slip, slip away,
2: away listen i gotta go to the bathroom oh yeah. uh, where's karen go, oh. she's in
0: the bathroom again is she okay yeah i think so someone's like the bathroom's haunted i keep <laughs> hearing these weird evps and echoes coming from one of the stalls yeah, so we'll see. I mean, they do it every month. So if I if I don't end up getting able to go, being able to getting go, to be wow, able to English go is yeah. really hard for me today. Mm-hmm. Get it? Yeah, then I will go again in the future. Okay. But so I'm I'm very eager to hear too. what they say and all of that. But they <sighs> so also cool. one of the other cool things that they do, and I hope they still do this because I didn't see it on the website, but I read it on some of the various other sites. They hold raffles, and the winner of the raffle gets to go and be <gasps> present when they're actually doing. The research, like conducting the paranormal experiment. Let's do it. Let's enter the raffle. I know. This sounds so fun, doesn't it? It sounds so fun. Okay. Okay. I'll find out how to get into the raffle and then we'll do it. Let's do it. So you guys can visit the Merchant's House Museum. You can take guided tours. And during spooky season, you can take a candlelit (sighs) tour to learn about the history of the home, the architecture, the ghosts. And if you have a ghostly encounter, they actually encourage you to write them about what you experienced so that they can add it to their record book of paranormal activity. I love this place. Yeah, wow. And you can also go to their website to see this event, this monthly event that is held by these researchers. It's called In the Spirit of Science. It is free, but you can also make a monetary donation to the museum. And that is the Merchant's House Museum and the hauntings within. Wow, that was a moment. The end. <laughs> Done. Fin.
2: <laughs> the end. That's... So cool. I've never heard of this. I actually – this these museums are maybe one of my favorites. The ones that are like preserved homes and history yeah. of like a family. I think they're just so fascinating. Well, and they also
0: have – so I was looking at photos. They have – not like creepy mannequins, but you know, like the the like fashion mannequins where you can like drape mm. clothing onto them for for like seamstresses and that's so cool designers and whatnot. It
2: reminds me of, like the and Salem they have house. them throughout the
0: house with actual clothing oh. on it. Oh, so you can like see some of the what they wore the fashion that's items. That's really yeah. cool. We should go. Okay, fine. And when you look on Google Earth too, it's one of those houses that looks out of place mm. because everything around it has been modernized right. and built up, and it's just this like house in the middle of these like large concrete structures wow New York City is like growing around it. I mean that's but kind house of what's still pristine
2: amazing that New York City is there are, there's so much history there and there are so many old historic buildings yeah. that like have just been transformed into like Zara's and
0: shopping centers and oh my god yeah, yeah. I be, yeah. I feel like McDonald's and Bank of America, like those two <laughs> businesses are always in like the most beautiful buildings yeah. in the city. So I'm
2: like, what? That is so true. Why?
0: Yeah. What was in here before? But next time we're in New York, we need to now go there, yes. do a yep. tour. Then we need to go. Remember we covered one if by land, two if by sea. We need to go dine. And there. we need to find the well. Maybe say h- hello to Alexander Hamilton. Yes. yes. And the ghost trains. Yes. There's so much to do in okay, New, we're York. Going to New York. we're Going to New York. Grab your bags. bags. <laughs> it's like the opposite reason most people go to new york we're like we gotta find the ghosts that's like
2: i mean that's just also the epitome of you and i's relationship it's like okay while well, we're here is there anything ghostly we can do right And the answer is always. i already yes. had to
0: make some promises to some people that my future bachelorette party uh is not going to be haunted <laughs> but what they don't know is so I'm just going to sneak a couple of things yeah. in and just not tell them, but I'll tell you. Yes, it is. we'll just be, you know, in a house. Just oh, let's go, let's go grab a drink at the pub. Yeah, and it's haunted. I'll tell you. Yeah, I mean,
2: also, it's your bachelorette, so you can do whatever you want, which is go to haunted exactly. places and not
0: tell anyone that it's haunted. And then we'll see, we'll see what we'll they see what experience. Happens. Oh my gosh, I love mm-hmm. that. Yeah, I don't want to influence it. It has to be authentic experiences. And it will be authentic if people don't know that it's actually authentic. Yes. So there we go. Oh, so excited.
1: The best!
0: Okay. Alrighty. Now I'm gonna, now that I'm listening, I'm gonna chug the rest of my tea. It's now like. What is on your, um, is that a cow on your? Of course it is. This is Warren Kimball design. Because this is a cow because I'm from Vermont. Because of museums. Of course. Apparently. And museums. Yeah. Yeah. Warren Kimball. Here we go. Hmm. My parents have some of the his artwork in our house in Vermont, and growing up I was always like this is so creepy. And now I love it and I'm like, can I please have this portrait? Yeah. When, you, when you're done When with you're it. done with it. I love it. I love
2: it too. When you're done with it. Okay, well speaking of art, and some of the most famous art in the world is held in this museum. It's the Louvre. Oh, Ooh. Oh. And kind of like what you were talking about in the beginning, this is one of those places that they don't like to advertise that it's haunted, but it is very haunted. And it's also very hard to find all the stories, but there are like some mainstream stories that like are out there. And then there are people who've like posted on Reddit, like, hey, I used to work here and there were things that happened all the time. I was told I wasn't allowed to talk about it. I mean, but imagine like there are so many pieces of art it also exists within like a palace that dates back to like well i'll get there like 12th century there's just so much history there and so many antiques so many ancient relics that exist in this place
0: no wonder it's haunted right so well and also i feel like they they they're really missing tapping into i mean i don't know if they need to like monetize the museum anymore (laughs) i think they're okay plenty of money but like even for the month of October, like at least give us access to all of your security cameras. <laughs> let us let us see things for ourselves, right? Because I'm sure I would pay a monthly subscription for that. Yes,
2: but that I bet I bet that would be lia- like a liability just in terms of if like there are thieves, they could probably use this.
0: Well, then everyone advantage. gets to catch them. They they don't even have to worry about getting the footage. To the police and say, Have you seen this man? Because there's gonna be thousands of people that are like, Oh my God, it's i more live. mean like someone
2: can rush if over you. To the have museums, footage going all the time. A thief can like monitor activity and like know routines of security guards and oh, then be able to plan like, their heist.
0: Mm, well, security guards have just gotta be on I know. Sometimes <laughs> break out into song and dance. Sometimes all the security just, like, guards zigzag. are doing the high school musical cafeteria <laughs> routine. You never know where they're gonna be or what they're gonna do. Flash mob part of your job description. Flash mob with the Mona Lisa. Must be able to lift over 40 pounds and flash mob with the Mona Lisa.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Not so much to ask for. Come on. It's all in the job description. Okay. (laughs) So you may know know the Louvre because of the famous pieces of art and the infamous architecture, the Mona Lisa, Venus de Milo, the glass pyramid that people all over Instagram post pictures with and pretend to be like holding. You know the one. But yeah. it is yes. also ridiculously haunted, and like I said, it is not publicized. So it's not, I was when I was researching haunted museums, I was simultaneously shocked that it popped up, but also not surprised because that makes sense, right? Considering it's
0: all well, it's just because it's one of those things, like you said, yeah. where it's like we we would think that we would have heard about it, yeah. But it, but I guess if they're making a very big concerted effort to, to not, not be, be talked about in yeah. that way,
2: and I guess there's so much sense. other stuff in it that's talked about. More publicly, that I guess the hauntings go under the radar. But right. it's filled with antiques and historic pieces of art, and it's a historic landmark that dates back to the 12th century. Because before the ghosts and before the art, the Louvre was a fortress built by King Philip II in the late 12th century to protect the city from attack. Then in 1546, Francis I, who was an avid art collector, had the fortress demolished and began to build a palace on top of the land. And it was called the Louvre Palace or La Louvre Palace. Palace de la Louvre. I don't know. What's my French? (laughs) And there's only a small portion of the fortress that exists today. And it's actually seen. You can like walk through it. It's in the crypt of the museum. So there's like original stone from the 12th century fortress. Which I think is so fascinating. Oh. Yeah. That's really cool. And then after Francis I, every monarch that followed added on to the Louvre Palace. So it just kept becoming bigger and bigger. Louis the Thirteenth and the Fourteenth added major additions in the 17th century. And as the royal families were continuing to grow and pass it on to their ancestors, they would collect more art and just fill the halls with gorgeous incredible stunning pieces of art that i mean today are so historic and then in oh actually so yeah so art was always a foundational aspect of the palace and as it expanded there was a committee that consisted of architects artists and decorators that would plan like the louvre and they built all these halls specifically for art displays because it was just so important to them and then in 1682, Louis XIV decided to move his court to Versailles, which was then when people were like, okay, well, what do we do with the Louvre? And what do we do with all this art? So by the 18th century, there were all these proposals to create a public gallery at the Louvre. And there was a call to display the royal collections. But it was like mostly a lot of talk. It was like, oh, we should do this. What if this? What if that? what if we did all of this? Yeah. And- Nothing concrete ever happened until the French Revolution. And I do think it's really interesting because the Louvre finally became a public gallery during the French Revolution. So it was like, hey, in the midst of war and the revolution, let's
0: open a museum. But I guess Uh, that's what people want. I mean, you got to keep spirits high. You know, there's got to be something for everyone to do except for – Besides talking about the yeah, war. And, who am I to judge? Maybe it's yeah. exactly what the country needed and
2: it made everyone happy. So in May of 1791, it was declared that the Louvre would be a place for bringing together monuments of all the sciences and arts. And when King Louis XVI was imprisoned, the royal collection in the Louvre became national property, which I, this also, I think, is probably why it opened during the French Revolution. When it became national property, it was like, if we don't make this a public museum right now, there thieves are going to come in. There's going to be like people coming after the art and just being like, it's not, basically there was no protection for the art. So the government came in and was like, let's protect it. Let's make it a public yeah. museum ASAP. And then that makes sense. Exactly one year after Louis the arrest and the anniversary of the monarchy's demise, the Louvre opened on August 10th, 1793. It was called Museum Central des Arts de la République. And the public was given free access three days a week. When it first opened, it had 537 paintings and 184 objects of art. And just keep those numbers in mind because the way it has grown since then is just blows my mind. I'll tell you kind of towards the end how many pieces of art it has now. And it is, it, it's wild. Under Napoleon, the Curie and a wing on the north were constructed then in the 19th century, two major wings, their galleries and pavilions were completed, and the Louvre was just continuing to grow bigger and bigger. It was a vast complex of buildings with two large courtyards. And then in the 1980s and 90s, the Louvre went underwent major remodels to make it more accommodating for visitors they added underground offices, shops, exhibition spaces, storage, parking, bus depots, a cafeteria. It's basically like a massive underground mall. And if you haven't been there, it's a bit over. it's un- it's overwhelming just how massive it is. Yeah. And you could spend like – I remember because I've now been twice – I've been there twice. And uh, you can spend an entire day there. You will be exhausted. You will probably get like 50,000 steps because you're walking so much. And you still won't see everything. Didn't you
0: go there when you had a layover? No, that was London.
2: Oh, we got oh. we missed our connecting flight, so we got stuck in London for a day and then we went and just like ran around the city. Yeah. But I went a couple years ago with my family and then back when I was an O pair in Italy, I also went to Paris for a weekend with my sister.
0: So, so fun. fun. I for- always forget that you were an O pair. I know. It's like a whole other life of here. <laughs> like I don't even remember when that happened. I mean, it was only two months. When did you do that? It was twenty
2: fourteen, the summer oh. before senior year of college. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So cool. (laughs) Okay, so it's massive. And then they added the steel and glass pyramid, which, believe it or not, was very controversial, which is so fascinating because I couldn't, I think when you picture the Louvre, at least for me, like I picture that glass pyramid because it's such an iconic part of the Mm. architecture. Right. But people were furious about it because they said it was sacrilegious to tamper with the Louvre's majestic old French Renaissance architecture. And that because the pyramid is like the Egyptian pyramids, it has ties to death. So it felt like it was a bad omen to like have this monument of death in the midst of this beautiful place. And people
0: were furious. But it also – so the architect – I don't know if it's the Louvre or if it's like the Met or something right now. But there's another museum that's going through something somewhat adjacent to that right now where they've discovered that there's – a ton of stolen ancient Egyptian artifacts that they have to return.
2: Okay, that's the biggest thing with museums is a lot of art in museums are, like, illegally traded or, like, came here because, like, thieves stole it and brought it and sold it. Yeah, there's a lot of yeah. um, questionable stuff. But there is a massive collection of I- Egyptian antiques And artifacts at the Louvre, and so the architect built this pyramid kind of as an homage to that. Of like, this museum holds a lot of this. Like, let's you know represent that on the exterior as well. Right. But you know, people will get mad about anything. People also say it serves as a symbol of the Illuminati, and that like that they're like admitting that the royals and all of them are part of the Illuminati, and. And I'm like, you know what? Damned if you do, damned if you don't. It's actually a symbol of the TGOG triangle and the architect <laughs> <it> <laughs> was a part of it. We were there first. We got to do our little triangle. We were there first <laughs> with my little brace. But also it's interesting because people thought the Eiffel I, – I remember when I went to Paris, like, people hated the Eiffel Tower because they built it in the well, – it was the World Fair. What was it? Oh, 1889. It was part of the World Fair and people were – furious about it they thought it was the most hideous structure and it i I guess you could say it is it's like a big metal tower it's not like in theory it's not like a beautiful but it's now one of the most if not the most iconic piece of architecture in paris like you can't think of paris without the and then they put twinkly lights on it and
0: everything is pretty when you put (laughs) twinkly lights on it so
2: okay so anyway today the louvre is the most visited museum in the world and remember when I said it first opened, it had 537 paintings and 184 objects of art. Do you want to take a guess at how many objects are in the Louvre today? Wait, how many did you how
0: many did it have? Started before?
2: with 537 paintings and 184 objects. I'm going to I'm going to add I'm going to say like 11,000 objects. So much more. There what? are more than 380,000 objects, 35,000 works of art in eight different departments, and it's more than 60,600 square meters dedicated to permanent collections that are the richest in the world and represent periods of European art, like the revolutions of 1848, there are French paintings from the 15th to 19th centuries, there are Italian Renaissance masterpieces, including da Vinci's Mona Lisa and many works of the Baroque period. There are displays of treasures from French royalty. There are Greek, Etruscan, Roman antiques, like architecture, sculpture, mosaics, jewelry, pottery. There's also a massive department of Egyptian antiques and Mesopotamian art. It is the most extraordinary collection and
0: the most visited museum in the world. I'm very curious now what it looked like back then when it first opened, because It doesn't seem like they changed too much in terms of the interior, rather, they just changed like what the purpose of the spaces were for. So I want to know, like, how sp- how spread out it was. I mean, they added on a lot of buildings, and I, I
2: imagine that maybe, like, only certain wings of, like, what was the palace were open to the public, and then now uh, – because now also they have – similar to the museum you were talking about, they've put the furniture from that time period into certain uh, like, areas of the palace, what used to be the palace, right, to show you what that looked like.
0: This felt like – this felt like I was in first grade again, where it was, like – Write your guess how many gumballs are in this thing. And I'm like, 23. And they're like, no, you idiot. It's 800. Like, where's your spatial awareness? Never been good at that. Never been good at that either. Also, I mean, yeah, I didn't set you up for that. I, it was just – you were going in blind. It's okay. Well, I I forgot that they added other things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was just like, how many more pieces of paper and pens and <laughs> – arrows and quills
2: do they have (laughs) that's also the other thing it's like jewelry is so small like you can also like there's coins like it's just there's so many objects
0: and pieces of of like pottery Mm -hmm. and stuff like there there will be like a scrap this big or like a little crystal or something so many things it adds up so it is an
2: it's a collection unlike any other in the world and it is no wonder that it is freaking haunted so yeah i forgot that's what we were here for (laughs) i was like yes
0: art history baby let's
2: learn The fortress, palace, and museum have seen their fair share of deaths and unfortunate endings. That, plus the pure number of ancient artifacts housed within, there is a running list of spooky tales that have spread through the years. The most infamous apparition is that of Jean Le Courcheur. I'm sure that's probably not said correctly, but you know what? You tried? I tried. He also was known as Jack the Skinner, or the Queen's Butcher. Oh, Jean was a butcher by trade and Catherine de Medici, the queen, took a liking to him in the 16th century. And she kind of, not a, not a romantic interest, a, um, murderous use your butcher skills to kill people I do not like interest. A little Sweeney Todd, actually? Yes. So she called upon him as her henchman and he would do her bidding. But then as time went on, she started to worry that Jean actually knew too much about the royal family, because she was having him do favors for her. So therefore, he knew too much. And so she had her butcher butchered, and he was murdered.
0: Oh, my God. And this is – oh, I feel bad for (laughs) him. She made him do all these horrible things. Yeah. And then – like, what did he do to make you so suspicious, Queen? Oh, listen. It's it's her. It's
2: just a cycle that's never going to – It's her problem. She could have used some therapy, and let's just say – I think that was, like, the, the amount of killings that happened in, like, the medieval and the, the royal time periods back, like, in ancient history, it is, like, you look at me wrong and you will be killed.
0: I know. The, the,
2: it would be really tough. I know. To, to witness that. Or to live in that time. Like, in theory, I would love or, to go yeah. back and just experience that, but one, hygiene would be pretty miserable, and two, I feel like, unless, like, even if you are royal, it's miserable because you could be overthrown and beheaded in moments. Right.
0: Yeah. No, being royal is really scary because all your siblings are after you. Yes. And let's face it, there was a whole lot of inbreeding. That's so. also true. A ton of health problems. Yes. yes. It's not an easy life, no, I don't think. No, no,
2: It's not all money and servants. Yeah. So anyway, Catherine de' Medici has Jean killed. But Jean was like, you know what, girl? You can't just kill me and think you're gotten rid of me. He came back as a ghost And haunted the royal family in the Palace of the Louvre. And he would basically – apparently he would haunt all the royal family, like show up. He apparently showed up in red. So he was nicknamed the Red Man. And he came into contact with a lot of the royal family. And apparently a lot of them who came into contact with his spirit died in a string of mysterious circumstances. I couldn't find more information on that because I think it was just – the Louvre may have done a really good job at, at hiding some of these stories, is what I'm.
0: It's just giving very like hope dying. Yeah. You know? yeah. Like a little curse yeah. coming with this museum
2: and with this person. But it is also like back then people were dying. No one understood how or why people were dying. So it could also just be that. Yeah. Everyone's got cholera and dysentery. Yeah, exactly. And the plague. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, so he haunted the royal family, he continues to haunt the Louvre, and he can be seen roaming the halls and nearby gardens, and he's always wearing red. Apparently, Napoleon reported seeing the red man in 1815, and I tried to look up, like, what he saw and what the experience was, and I couldn't find much, but he saw the red man. There are also reports of the Louvre being haunted by a mummy – And some theorize it's the mummy of Belfort. And his mummy is said to stalk the halls mostly at night when the museum is closed from the public. This spirit became so infamous. Is this what Night at the Museum was based (laughs) off of? It feels like it is. I mean, I feel like every museum comes to life at night. That is my belief. So this spirit of the mummy became so famous that it inspired a movie that came out in 2001 – I didn't have great reviews, but I think it's like French, it's a French movie called Belfigure, The Phantom of the Louvre. There are reports of ghostly apparitions and voices that echo through the halls late at night. But like I said, the stories don't make it too far off the premises in an effort to perfect the sanctity of the museum. But let's just say if I were a mummy, an artist, or the muse of the art, a.k.a. the person in the art, I would for sure the lady, the haunt the Louvre. One, it would be so cool to just, like, roam the halls at night and, like, see all the other ghosts because that's what I imagine it's like. It's just like a party at the Louvre. Yeah. And to explore hangout. the palace and find, like, I mean – Yes, it's a public museum, but there are for sure, like, secret underground tunnels with art that's, like, being restored down in the basement. There's probably things that not everyone knows about, and I
0: would love to explore it. So I don't blame all the ghosts for haunting it, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm also picturing spirits having the ability to jump into the other – into, like, paintings (gasps) and visit each other in different landscapes. So Harry Potter? Yeah. Like, I don't know if there's a Monet there, but it's just like, oh, Oh, let's go – Yeah. Let's go – Frolic Over to the, the lily palms. Yeah. 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 Would we'll love that. So beautiful. I love that. That would be a dream. Mona Lisa Ugh. only
2: smiles at night. The second everyone leaves, she's like,
0: ooh. That I I believed you for a second. I thought you were saying an actual, oh. like, ghostly fact. That's why I looked at you like that. I was like, really? Does she? I've never heard that. <laughs> That's so scary. This is how rumors start. <laughs> well, you said it with such conviction. I was like, oh wow. <laughs> That's terrifying. No, no, no. I mean I mean maybe. But like what kind of smile does she do? Like a menacing she just she smiles, I guess she was already kind of smizing. <laughs> yeah. Or like she just like tucks her upper lip <laughs> gets her upper lip stuck. Mm-hmm. Make weird faces for everyone Creepy. to watch. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> One so, of yeah. my friends can do the the face of you know what? I'm forgetting all of the words. Never mind. Well I wanna know what you were Never saying. Mind. I can't the grinch. That's what I was Took me a while. This. The Grinch. That was the cutest reaction. I lost.
2: I don't remember. You just made yourself small. Become big again.
0: Yeah. (sighs) Oh, you know what I was thinking when you were, sorry, I don't know why I got so excited. This is, okay, well, let me preface this by saying I should just call my next statement like one the 1% history (laughs) show because I don't remember hardly any details. This is mostly guessing. But I did learn the other day, half learned, clearly didn't retain, learned and didn't retain. Yep. That There used to be a job where you could live – like, these rich people and royals and stuff would hire people to basically be hermits in their gardens. So you'd be, like, a real-life – Scarecrow? Troll. But you would just, like – you'd be a part of the landscape. Oh. Like, you would live in this, like, little shack in the gardens or in the woods, like, on the property, and these rich people would, like, walk around with their friends, and then you would just be there. Like, you're part of the – You're part of the ambiance. And people – I think it was only a job for, like, a year, but I was, like – Ah, What's the so point? Cool. I wish is was still a job. I don't get what the point is. Is it just – You're just living – To make it look you're like living people are art? there? Oh. Or – I think it's more of like, you know, instead of having like a gnome statue, you have this like old bearded wizard man who lives in a huh. straw hut in your garden. And it's like it, instead of having that little gnome statue, you have this guy who just like wanders about. Adds to the the aura and witchiness interest of your property. I do have brains. questions about Why? I won't be able to answer them. Well, we'll do some research. If anyone knows, let us know. (laughs) That was 1% history with two girls and one ghost. (laughs) I love this. I love 1% history. It is a
2: fact of – it's a nugget of information that we heard through someone else that we didn't retain all the information, but we're going to relay it back to you because we think it's interesting. It's a general – theme it's of what happened. a starting point. We're heading in the right direction. It's a launching point for you to exactly. go off and do your own research and then come back and tell us about it. Right, because we're not historians. No. So, Speaking of yeah. you guys you telling us things, Corinne, do you have a, a listener story about a museum? I do. Okay. Ta-da. Is it soul tree? Is it another sexy story you can tell us? Filled with tools?
0: <sighs> I should have chosen one. I didn't think about that. I was very focused on, like, dirty novels. I should have <gasps> – We should – I should have thought about using this, this. is such a good idea. We should
2: do an episode about, like, sexy ghost stories, and people should send us their sexy ghost stories, and we'll read them in, like, sultry yes. ways.
0: Ooh. Yes. And we'll put
2: on mood lighting. Yeah. I'm Ooh, so into play this? some, like, sexy jazz music. Yeah.
0: yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. We'll have a little saxophone mm, in the background. Yeah. Love it. Like, some candles. Yeah. We'll feed you some chocolates yeah. in the middle. We'll set the light like really low. Oh, yeah. Candles going. Yeah. This sounds good. Sounds good. Yeah. Better lighting to make this not look as sick. We'll wear like. But by then we'll be fine. We'll wear like 1920s. We'll be extra sexy. sexy. lingerie, which
2: is basically like. We'll
0: wear our haunted nightgowns. Uh, yeah. <gasps> oh my gosh. Well, why don't we wear our nightgowns? Okay. For a little nighttime story time with us, Corinne and Sabrina. Because we are so sexy. <laughs> I sound so sexy <laughs> in my head right now. And I feel like it's one of those things where, you know, when you listen back to a recording of your voice and you're Ew. like, I don't sound like yeah. that. Like you always sound so different in your yeah. head. And I'm sure I'm gonna listen back to this and I'm gonna be like, oh, I'm disgusted and embarrassed with myself. But I right now I sound you good. You do to sound myself. good to me too. So, so. <laughs> okay, I'm in. Thanks. I
2: also just like your voice in All general. Right. So
0: I like yours. Yeah. I always said I think you should spin off. Leave me in the dust and do a nighttime sleep podcast because I feel like your voice is just so soothing.
2: Yeah, I just can't do anything without Wouldn't you. Be mad? I'm too dependent on you. Yes, you can. No,
0: no, you can. I do it can't. Spring. I can't leave you. Do a, do a nighttime podcast without me doing <laughs> that because I don't want to listen to my own voice, but I want to listen to yours while I go to sleep. <laughs> what do I just? I Eat just. It. <laughs> what do I say? I'm like good night, everyone. Sleep well.
2: Just repeating yeah. that over and over. Sleep
0: well. Drift off Here's to sleep. History of the Louvre Museum. And you just you just like read a read a story. Doesn't matter what the story's okay. about. Should I read scary stories? It's just your told, voice. Or scary stories told really peacefully. Yeah. Scary stories told peacefully. <gasps> That's your spin-off podcast. And then mine is one percent history. Yes, this is perfect. <laughs> alrighty, alrighty. And I get in a more comfortable position. I'm going to read you an email. This is from Carson, Great. and it is called "Haunted Museum and a Ghost Cat." Ooh, ooh, ooh. hello, ladies. Hello. <laughs> My name is Carson, and I wanted to start off by saying that I love your podcast and I've been listening nonstop. My favorite episodes are your encounters, and I felt compelled to share my own story with you. My first story is about a children's museum I volunteered slash worked at during high school in my hometown. I've been going there ever since I was a kid, and I've always had this ominous slash spooky feeling whenever I was there. But I never knew why until I was older and I began working there. When I started, my coworkers would always joke about the ghost named Marley that haunted the museum at night, but I just thought it was a real joke. (laughs) A brief description of the museum so you can understand a little bit better. The museum has three levels for guests and two additional levels, the basement where the staff works and the attic for storage. There was also a mini zoo where I worked, a planetarium, and a theater-like room with a stage. Wait, this sounds so cool. I was imagining like a tiny museum, but a planetarium? Right. Like planetarium. Cool. Yeah. This is legit. Yeah. My experiences at the museum started very non-threatening, like feeling a cold breeze, hearing voices, hearing children's laughter. I would argue that that is threatening. <laughs> children's yeah. laughter. And footsteps even after the museum has closed. But I really started to freak out one day after my coworker and I stayed late after work. The stairs of the museum are musical stairs that are weight active. I feel like I've been here. What? Is this, bu- is this the museum of science? boston you'll have to find this out this feels like it i do need to okay. find out i'm like i'm pretty i feel like i've been here i'm getting email yeah to i know where th- the heck i want to know okay okay so the museum has musical stairs that are weight activated so when you step on one a musical note plays that evening we were locking up the well oh never mind it says we were locking up the zoo there's no zoo there we're locking up the zoo and as we walked past the stairway we heard the note play i looked at him he looked at me and all of a sudden, all of the stairs went off at oh, once. Oh, I almost – it almost sounded like a person or a ghost was creeping up the stairs, and when it heard us, it rushed up the stairs, which made all the music go off. <gasps> oh, my After gosh. After that, I didn't think – I didn't think the whole ghost story thing was a joke anymore. <laughs> Also, after we became aware of the presence, the spirit, slash spirits, became more and more active. We started to hear more footsteps, not just after closing, but all hours of the day. Oh, my god! We would constantly see shadows, and we heard chains rattling in the attic. Now, for the finale of the story. My friends and I decided to do what all teenagers do, and we tried to contact the spirit to see what the hell was going on. My coworkers and I, we will call them Levi and Chad – Downloaded a spirit box app on Levi's phone. We went into the theater room and turned all of the lights off. We were sitting on the stage with our backs against the wall, and I was in the middle of the two boys because I was a scared little girl at the time and I didn't want anything to reach out and grab me. I was also still skeptical, but totally terrified. Levi put the spirit box slash iPhone thing on the floor in front of us. And if you don't know what the spirit box is supposed to do, it scans through radio channels really fast, and spirits are supposed to be able to communicate through it. Chad started by asking the basic questions Is there anyone here? Make yourself known, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But nothing. We sat there for a good 20 minutes talking about random stuff until I looked up into the darkness and I saw a tall man <gasps> sitting on the front row in a suit and top hat. Oh my gosh. Oh, For some reason, oh. I couldn't speak. I couldn't look away. I felt compare, compelled to just keep staring. I hit both of the boys, and I pointed, and Chad said, you see him too. I was a freaking yeah. out. Our focus was broken when we started hearing voices out of the spirit box. We heard multiple voices, one higher-pitched, younger, female voice, and one lower-pitched, older, male voice. The feminine voice kept saying, leave, <gasps> go, leave, lights, So, lights on. Her tone wasn't scary. It was just almost as if she was telling us to leave because something more dangerous was with us. The other voice became more prominent, almost like it was shutting out the female voice. I don't like this. It was so loud that it almost sounded like it wasn't even coming from the phone anymore. It was all around us. It said loud and clear, can I come home with you? No. No, no, no. And in that moment... All three of us jumped from our seats and ran out of the theater without saying goodbye. Ah! I truly believe that there are multiple spirits in this museum and that the little girl is a good, playful spirit who was just trying to look out for us. I also believe that there's something demonic in there. Even though I don't know much about demons, after that day, we think the more evil spirit must have followed Levi home because he began to have horrible night terrors. He saw shadow people every night. And he would wake up with scratches all down his back and neck with no recollection of how they got there. This
2: is not where I was expecting the
0: story to go. Like,
2: Children's Museum. I was, like, happy, positive, something good. But
0: But they also forgot to say goodbye. They didn't close out the board. So it's like, what else could have seen the the light beaconing up from the Ouija board and decided to come hang out? Jeez. I don't know. We later found out that the museum was built on... Old Native American land and that there was a secret vault in the foundation of it that housed human remains. Creepy. Oh, very. Now for a more lighthearted and much shorter story. My cat is a ghost cat. Not a literal ghost. But I do believe that he has some connection with spirits because he is constantly looking around the air, almost watching someone even though no one is there. I haven't read much about spirit guides, and I don't know if you girls know anything about them either, but for some reason, I have an unworldly connection with my cat, and I just cannot explain Aww. it. Thank you guys for reading. I don't know if you guys have ever heard anything about the back rooms, but if you haven't, you definitely should research it and do an episode about it. Much love and see you on the other side, Carson. We absolutely need to do back rooms. I don't know anything about that it. Is, oh, they're like – from my understanding, without doing much research and just seeing you know, videos yeah. and stuff of back rooms – It's, like, the places you go when you, like, slip – when your, like, astral body slips into, like, sort of, like, an in-between. Oh. Like, you're not – you're not any particular place. You're, like – it's basically, like, if you were in a computer game. And everyone's in it's in The Sims and you're all supposed to be in the houses and on the land. But somehow you like slip past the code and you're in this like back room and it's more dangerous there and creepy there because you're not supposed to be there and everyone knows you're not supposed to be there. What? And there's a lot of people who have experiences where they where they describe like the same exact rooms, which is very creepy. I don't know why but talking about that made me feel nauseous. But we should do Because like, it's it really unsettling. unsettling. It's unnerving. Okay. Well, also it kinda this feels like museum – some of the ghost trains we've talked yeah. about where like if you – if you slip in, you might never come back. It feels okay. okay. but
2: Okay, well, this story Carson's Museum. is super unsettling. I feel really bad for Levi. I hope that he was able to get rid of whatever followed him home. Yeah. And then I feel like if you have stairs that are piano keys, you're asking for a haunting. And that probably happens a lot. It also, to me, I don't know how those work. But the way that they described it, where it's like all of a sudden all of the keys went off at once, makes me think there were multiple people standing on the stairs, because if you're running up them, wouldn't it like kind of sequentially go off rather than all at once
0: makes me think that they're all being stepped on right. at the same time? Or if it's like, what if it's just motion censored mm. and it doesn't actually have to be touched and it was just like a spirit like drifting, Over. like flying or like an orb basically Ooh. just like zoom, like going so fast. Oh, it's just my, my little chicken wing just really flat when <laughs> I was doing that. <laughs> Uh, but that's that's kind of like what I was picturing. Yeah. I don't know because it can't be like heat activated because there's going to be people who have like shoes on right. and, and boots and stuff that are stepping yeah. on it.
2: And that know would be so works. unsettling though to be there late at night and like closing up and you just hear the like deep, Dum!
0: Yeah. Or what if what if a song started playing and it's like <gasps> impossible for people to actually get to that like future step? Uh, that I would be impressed by. Like the notes are so far apart. <laughs>
2: that yeah would be pretty cool. I would hope that they have security cameras. then is it generous. a spirit
0: or is it like a giant's spirit? What if it's like – Their big ass hand is coming. Okay. Picture this. There's a bunch of
2: ghosts in the museum. They're like, we've been so – we're bored. Like, what can we do? Let's put together an a orchestra. But we just play the piano together and we're going to play a song. But everyone has their key that they work – or everyone has two keys. Every ghost has two keys. Yeah. And they, they have the sheet music. Everyone knows their notes that they have to play. And then it's like – Okay, three, two, one, go. And then they start playing a song together. They practice every night. Yeah, they just keep going.
0: Every night at 11 p.m. We have rehearsal. (laughs) 12, 33 a.m. Let's begin. And then there's the one spirit that said that they didn't want to participate that's now really jealous. Because everybody's having the best time and they're all becoming really close friends. And they're like, ugh, why was I such a negative Nancy?" Yeah. I feel bad for that. (laughs) Even though we're making all of this up. (laughs) But now I'm like, oh, you should ask him again. You should include him. (laughs) They find like a – cowbell
2: and they're doing the cowbell instead yeah more cowbell
0: (laughs) oh man oh my gosh the ghost band all right we need to find out what we need to do our own night at the museum yes oh yes and then we can go i'll I'll email and say carson where was this amazing perfect okay okay what do
2: you have i have a story from our listener shannon and it is called I work with ghosts for a living. Hi, ghostesses. First, I just wanted to say thank you for the podcast. I love it and listen to it every day on my commute to work. I love listening to all the different stories you find and feel like I learn something new every episode. Well, Shannon, you got 1% facts today. So one per- yeah, 1% history. Or history. There you go. <laughs> I kept telling myself that I should send you guys some of my experiences, but never got around to it until now. So here it is. I work in historic preservation, which is the coolest freaking job. My jobs have varied between cleaning historic structures, working in museums, and monitoring preservation slash construction work happening at historic sites. So obviously, I work in and around a lot of really old, really spooky, and really haunted places. I've always been sensitive to the paranormal things, so of course, I didn't expect anything less when I began working for historic sites. I have had many experiences like hearing footsteps and opening doors in Ellis Island's decaying hospital buildings. Side note, they run hard hat tours of them for public if you're ever in New York City and interested in doing something different. Ooh, let's add that to our list when we go to New York.
0: Yes. We've got we, we have a full weekend. We're going to have to spend yeah. a month there. And I've seen
2: a shadowy figure watching me and a coworker from the balcony of Trenton's War Memorial Theater in New Jersey. But all of those experiences pale in comparison to some of the shit I saw and heard when I worked for Colonial Williamsburg. As you might have known or guessed, Colonial Williamsburg is notoriously haunted. When I worked there, my job was to go through the historic buildings at 6am to get things ready for visitors. During the winter months, this was especially horrible because I would be in the dark, haunted buildings, completely alone, with very little light before the sun even came up. I could go on about all of the things I experienced while working there, but there are two stories in particular that still freak me out to this day. Story 1. One of the most notoriously haunted houses in Williamsburg is the Randolph House. I, along with several of my coworkers at the time, refused to go into this house before sunrise because of how creepy and eerie it is. There are countless stories of security guards getting locked in the basement, people seeing shadows walk past the windows, hearing voices coming from inside after hours, among many other experiences. This one particular time, I went in sometime shortly after sunrise. And you know that feeling when you walk through a door and everything is eerily too quiet and still? Well, that's what I walked into when I got there. That feeling freaked me out, so I hurried to get my job done and did a walkthrough of the rooms to make sure everything was where it was supposed to be. As I began making my way up the main stairs after checking the parlor and Ms. Randolph's sitting room, I heard footsteps coming from the formal dining room. Mind you, I had just walked past that room before heading up the stairs. And there was no one in there. So I begrudgingly continued upstairs, picking up my pace so I could get out as quickly as possible. And as I wrapped up my walkthrough, I decided to go down the servant's stairs because they were the furthest away from the room that I had heard the footsteps in. And I did not want to see what or who was making those noises. When I was mid step on my way down the stairs, I felt a small push. And my foot slipped on the worn wood stair tread. Luckily, I was able to catch myself before tumbling down the stairs. But that experience definitely shook me a little bit. And after that, I refused to go into the building until I knew the interpreters were there or a coworker was with me. The second story takes place in the second most haunted house called the Wythe House. This house, however, is not as eerie or creepy. Sometimes I would hear music, light footsteps, or ghost children running around but there was nothing violent or physical that ever happened there. I actually didn't mind going into that one early because the hauntings felt friendly and almost peaceful. Part of my daily duties was to clean the plexiglass barriers that blocked off the staged rooms from visitors. It was the first task I did each day because it was the easiest to get out of the way. That morning, I cleaned the plexiglass in the upstairs rooms as usual, then went back downstairs to grab the broom to sweep up some loose rocks that visitors had tracked in the day before. When I came back upstairs, I saw little kid handprints on the plexiglass that I had just cleaned. At first, I thought maybe I missed it and didn't spray enough cleaner. But when I tried to wipe it off, I realized it was on the other side of the barrier, the side that faces the interior of the room, which no one except for employees has access to get into. Needless to say, I stood up. This is so upsetting. But at least it's, like, this is a house with, like, positive and kids running around and having fun. The children that are pushing her. No, but this is a different house.
0: Because she said. Oh. This house she said is positive. I thought she said it was, like, a little hand that had pushed her. She felt a small push, which could be. A small push, but not necessarily a small hand. Yeah. Got it. In this house, I was thinking there was just this child stalking her from house to house. A little house. like I serial
2: like, no. killer kid from Colonial Williamsburg. <laughs> yeah, just like so annoying. And needless to say, I stood up, walked down the stairs, put the broom away, walked straight out the door, and did not go back in. I regret not taking pictures of it, but I was so spooked, and that was really low on the priority list. I have so many other stories from working and life in general, but I thought you would enjoy these two. Stay spooky, keep up the great work. I'm sure I speak for many many others when I say your podcast brightens my day and keeps me laughing or screaming out loud depending on how creepy a story is from Shannon. Mm-hmm. Wow.
0: I mean, that's a tough job to have Just like during during the winter months. Yes. To have to be anywhere alone and open something and like know that it's haunted and it's creepy yeah. in the complete darkness. That is very scary. I'm really curious. This
2: is a this is a bit of a tangent, but I feel like because you were just in Salem this past weekend and it made me think of our trips to Salem, I'm really curious if the people who work at the Salem witch house have stories like this. Because there's probably someone oh, who are there like yeah. by themselves early in the morning. That house is so historic. I mean, it doesn't surprise me that – it does make me sad that people like have to go into this ha- these houses alone knowing that they're haunted – Knowing that there are spirits in them. At least the White House, like it does seem positive and just like little kids and family people running around. Right. But the
0: Randolph House is terrifying. Yeah. Ugh, I know. But uh, yeah, I would never want to be I feel like that you have to make a rule where like you're you go in pairs when it has to when it comes to a place like that. That It makes me wonder too, how many issues employees have had with that house before and if like management has ever thought has ever had to like change what they do and what they ask yeah. of people based on on like spirit interactions in those particular places well
2: if shannon was pushed in the randolph house i imagine there are plenty of other people who have had similar experiences in that house which makes me wonder is there anyone who like has fully fallen down the stairs from being pushed.
0: Oh, And they yeah. thought that they were just being clutched. Right, that's so messed up. I know. It's scary. Especially be- because, like, it makes you think, well, I'm hoping that it's just one spirit. Yeah. I'm hoping that it's one spirit that she heard far on the other side, attempted to get away from the spirit, and went down the other yeah. side and ended up making contact. I'm really hoping that it's not, like, a group <laughs> of spirits or, like, a pair Ugh. that are basically, like, working together. It's, like, I'll push her towards you and you shove her down the stairs, you know? Terrifying. Like, I'll make loud noises over here so that she migrates towards you. Terrifying duo. And you're the one that hit, hits her. Yeah. Hurts her. <laughs> hits and
2: hurts. Yeah. Ah. Hits and hurts. Yeah. Sticks and stones, baby. Yeah. I don't need to be hurt anymore. I've already – things have already happened to me. Anyway – experience the heart. If you have experiences <laughs> with the paranormal in any capacity or aliens or Bigfoot or cryptids or creatures or anything at all, please email them to us at two girls, ghost podcast at gmail.com and join our triangle. Get lost in the triangle. Tell all your friends about the podcast and then buy tickets to our moment. It's July 21st. We are going live. The live stream you can
0: join from anywhere in the world and it's going to be a great Fun time. It's going to be so fun. We're so freaking excited. excited. We have been, honestly, I feel like we didn't talk about it enough in the beginning where this has been in the works for a few months. And so now it's finally coming to fruition. So we're just like, oh my God, it's finally here. It's finally here. We get to try. We're going to try. It's going to be fun. Can't wait. Amazing. Can't wait. Watch us on YouTube. Uh, Join us on on Patreon. (laughs) Watch us on YouTube. Rate and review us on iTunes. Do all the things. And July 1st. We are also uh, coming out with new merch. Ah, So go buy our merch. You can bring it and wear it to our our live show. And then you can get some exclusive merch at the live show as well. well. Woo. Yes.
2: And thank you so much to our editors at Up Our Digital, Eric and Aiden. You guys are freaking amazing. Thank you so much to all of you who are listening and supporting us on a daily
0: basis. And we're just grateful. And we will see you.